Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Wow, what a time we are living in. It is fascinating. That's right. We're glad to be back with you guys. And we have a pretty relevant conversation we want to talk to you guys about today. And it's raising critical thinkers in a fake news world. So important. And, you know, it is geared towards how to equip your kids, even from a very, very young age, Mm -hmm. or if they're already teenagers or in the middle, this will be relevant to you. But also let it sink in for yourself, because we are so easily influenced, no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how strong your kids think you are. And by the way, as humans, I think we all think we're strong. Mm-hmm. I think human beings think we're strong in this regard. Yeah. But studies after study after study shows that human beings are easily swayed, easily influenced in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. So this is important. Yeah, I think that even today too, last last week's podcast, we talked briefly about relativism. And I think that that goes along with this issue of being swayed because so many people are um, preaching, follow your feelings, follow your heart, right? Mm. And so if something immediately looks good, feels good, that doesn't mean that it is good. We have to discern. We have to take time to actually be skeptical, dig for truth, pray about it, filter it through the word of God and what we know is real truth because really the word of God is the only truth, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so important um, that uh, we're training our kids and we're going to give you practical ways to do that. Uh, Thank you for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. We always give a shout out for that. I just want you guys to know when you give five stars on iTunes or write a comment, it helps the algorithms Mm -hmm. and helps it get out there to more people. Uh, We have a a significant mission ahead of us for One Million Legacies. Yeah, we've had over a million downloads, but uh, it's it's not a million people. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of people and it's amazing Mm -hmm. what God's doing. But but this year, uh, by the way, our goal is to have 1 million downloads just this year. First two years, it took a million downloads and another doubling it this year, uh, just as we get to that million legacies. So can you see how I'm married to a visionary? He's well, always got, you gotta have, <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta have something vision. that, I mean, we're doing this together. We gotta have yeah. something we're doing together, uh, with purpose and intention. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it motivates me, you know, to mm-hmm. have impact and something you should know about Angie and I, everything. I'm, I'm literally talking everything we've ever done um, has been about impact. That's true. Except for the racehorses, and that's why I lost so handily. <laughs> but we're not going to tell that story because that's really embarrassing. But I think I did tell it somewhere. I think that was in our season one podcast where you shared about that. You'll have to dig that up because uh-huh. I'm not going to share that again. That is very embarrassing. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Um, But uh, it is so important uh, that we stop the cycle of kids being raised in Christian homes and then falling away to liberalism, to ways of the world, to what feels like. I can't imagine somebody thinking this, and they do. Why does that happen? And so uh, we need to dive into this in, I would say, 
uh, the first thing we have to do is from a very young age, whatever age they are, consistently challenge their minds. Because we, I'm just going to get you thinking about this for a second. I read this book once, um, the other 90%, I think it was in that book, or it was in the book about Einstein uh, and his mind, Einstein Factor, I read a long time ago. I'm not Mm -hmm. necessarily recommending these books, but um, Mm -hmm. there was something interesting is that when you, from your experiences and from your learning, books you're reading and things Mm -hmm. like that, as you stretch your mind, even go a different way home, you're making new connections in your brain. What's interesting is those connections don't just automatically stay. It's not like you're building up and you're, you're connecting more of your brain together. What happens is if you stop reading books and you stop challenging your mind and you always go the same way home, and you get in a rhythm of real normalcy that your brain doesn't have to be really proactively working, you actually disconnect. Your brain connections are starting to disconnect. So there's no status quo. We're either growing or we're receding. Receding. Smarter or? Well, not smarter. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> I, to see what she would say. I, I don't like using those words. I know. <laughs> we, see, those I, are, those I, are banned I, words in our home. I say you have. The so. S word and the D word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But so I, I just think that's important. It's like we need to be growing and we need to challenge our kids' minds mm-hmm. in different ways. And also when you challenge your kids' minds in different ways, it expands the kind of thinking they do. So it's really important. So what are some ways to challenge kids' minds? Well, I think um, one of the benefits that I've seen in being able to spend a lot of time with the kids is always keeping them stimulated. You were saying um, expand the kids' minds. The word that comes to my mind is um, stimulating, Yeah. right? And so one way is when they have mastered something in curriculum and you can see them starting to get bored or it's not something that they're – that, you know, it just comes really easily to them. You push them to try the next harder thing or mm-hmm. you change the curriculum up so that it's more difficult for them to keep them stimulated. Or you add in something into their curriculum, right? Like a foreign language or something like that that's a little bit more. And that, that would be stimulating their mind on the academic side. Yeah. But you can stimulate their mind on a character side and on a spiritual side. And even you can stimulate them like even the the mindset, I think it would be a mindset thing if you were to challenge your kids to like if you're working out, right? And it's easy for you to do 10 reps on something. If you just keep doing those 10 reps and you don't ever try 13 reps mm-hmm. or you don't try more weight, you're not going to make very much progress, right? right? And so even on a physical level, we want to teach our kids to push themselves. And mm-hmm. so it's it's not that we are alone, the only ones stimulating their minds. We want to be teaching them to be pushing themselves always in all these areas also. Yeah. And one of the things that we found really powerful is the Socratic method, uh, teaching kids mm-hmm. in a way. There's something also called flip class. And if you homeschool or they go to school, regardless, this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that the kids are given, they're supposed to do um, all their learning on their own. And then when they come together, they talk about what they already learned. Mm-hmm. So it's the opposite of traditional education where you go to class to learn, learn. which doesn't it only fits one kind of personality. Well, and there's no actual dialogue. Um, and we know that rhetoric is the ability to be able to reteach what you've been taught, which is actually when those things are solidified as mastery, right? Yeah. If you can teach it, then you've mastered it. So right? even if, uh, I mean, in flip class is, is a classroom setting, 
mentality, the stats are off the charts of how much better that is. Uh, because when you get together as a group and discuss what you've learned, you have to put in your opinions, you have to put in your ideas. And these are mm -hmm. muscles that must be worked from an early age. Mm -hmm. And if you're homeschooling, you can do that within your family. Mm -hmm. If they're going to school, you can make up for that in their home if mm -hmm. it's not at their school. And I would say too, that you know, the interesting aspect of what you're talking about regarding flip classes, which is the same for Socratic dialogue, which we experienced in classical conversations, which is another fantastic program that we've done for many years, um, is you won't have anything to say if you haven't done the work ahead of time. Yeah. So it's this, um, th it's a good peer pressure to come prepared so that you can contribute because you're not going to, have respect from your peers or even know it, you're not going to be able to bring a good contribution if you haven't done the work ahead of time. Yeah. And so, and that is a personal discipline that kids need to be taught so that they're able to do it when they're older. Right. And if you have a real high doer in your family, uh, someone that wants to know why all the time mm -hmm. and they like to take action and they learn from doing things, that's kind of me when I was a kid, mm -hmm. the worst thing for me or your kid like that is to go to, to, to learn something without a purpose for it. Or now, an ability to practice the, it. Now, obviously, yeah. everybody's taught, well, the purpose is you're going to pass your class and you're going to graduate, okay? But people like me need something more important than that. Like, I'm responsible to carry a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. Now I have a greater purpose to do it. So now when I'm reading, I don't just forget everything, which always happened to me. Mm -hmm. I'm reading with an intent that's short term coming at me. And that is how I'm wired. You know, you just brought up another good way. If you want a practical way to be able to challenge your kids in critical thinking and stimulate their minds, it would be in the topic of conversation. Are you actually having conversations yeah. with your kids? That's just a basic one, right? Like mm -hmm. if you know that they've read a certain book recently, let's say yeah. your kid is reading, um, a C.S. Lewis book. So I, okay. So one of our kids is currently reading screw tape letters. And so I sit down with her and I, can ask her some questions about screw tape letters because I've already read the book mm -hmm. or I can ask her to teach me what she's learning and what does that do that stimulates her mind to have to remember to recall and then to communicate it back and so being a critical thinker is uh, is so important in communication as well because a yeah. lot of people might be going oh yeah well this is really important but how do I teach that and then what does that look like later and not everyone's going to have the gift of teaching, but we all need to be able to communicate because we go back to what we talked about last week in Revelations 12, 11, we overcome the enemy. One of the ways is by the word of our testimony, right? Yeah. We need to be able to communicate with other people, even in conversation. And what if you're like, well, I wish I would have had that kind of education. I feel like I need to get better at this. I don't discuss my ideas, what I'm learning and share it with people. And then if that's the case, I would challenge you to do that in your marriage, mm -hmm. to share with one another, have robust dialogue and get mm -hmm. good at that for your own critical thinking, which is important. Another mm -hmm. thing is logic. I know that was big. You were heavily involved mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Why don't you share a little bit how teaching logic helps people think beyond the news headlines and really make sense of things that seem confusing coming at us. Yeah. I mean, I think that this can start as young as kids are talking and making choices, right? Because we want kids to make, um, to think logically, to use common sense. There's that difference between book smarts and street smarts. People often use those two different terms, yeah. but really one of, one of the differences is, is common sense, 
right? And so if a mom is a helicopter mom, for example, mm-hmm. right, um, or helicopter parent, because dads do, can do this too. Obviously, I'm not just directing moms. I'm just speaking for myself. Um, if we're constantly there preventing our kids from ever experiencing natural consequences, then they're not going to learn from the experience Mm -hmm. and they're not going to tuck that memory away as a lesson learned that helps them to develop common sense that actually helps them to develop street smarts. Right. And when you develop those things and you read something that would be book smart and Mm -hmm. you look at that and you go, well, that's not right. Because if you sow that, you're not going to reap that. Mm -hmm. They can discern that makes no logical sense. And so that's one way when your kids are really little is letting them experience the natural consequences at times. It's a bunch of if then statements, right? If this happens, then Then that happens. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, then that means this would have to be true over here. And if that's true, this whole belief system over here is wrong. Right. And so as your kids get older, though, it does change into more of a um, a topic of conversation where you're actually talking about, well, does that make logical sense? So, you know, when your kids are six, seven, eight, nine, which is typically when kids will start like potentially struggling with taking ownership over the mistakes that they make. Sometimes they blame shift or they'll, they'll struggle with um, the temptation of lying. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there going, I know they're lying to me. This doesn't make logical sense. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good conversation to have actually. Yeah. Right. To actually listen to them, ask them some really hard questions so that they have to confess that they lied Mm -hmm. or that they're blame shifting and go, do you know how I was able to tell? Because logically this doesn't make sense because of A, B, and C, or this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Your kids learn from that. Mm -hmm. They literally learn. That's what they need to learn to be able to navigate this crazy world in a way where they're not going to be swayed and believe lies, right? Mm -hmm. But then as they get to be like 11, 12 years old, that's when we start having them read books like The Fallacy Detective or The Thinking Toolbox. The Fallacy Detective is a book that is recommended by many different curriculum programs. What age group should is that good for? Well, and I was just saying 11 or 12. Oh, okay. Yeah, so typically seventh grade. Mm. So depending on what age your seventh grader is, sometimes kids are more advanced and they can handle it at age 10. Um, but it's really something that you want to read with your kids so that you can dialogue with them and go through and, and, and you, or maybe even have them make a report, right? Where they're literally explaining what a straw man argument is or yeah. different aspects. And this helps them to identify different types of exaggerations, why something logically can't be mm-hmm. this way, why someone would be motivated to um, twist things and yeah. be able to discern that. And so when you actually are reading books with your kids and you're having that dialogue, that's a very, um, it's a safe place for kids to be able to start out with a Socratic dialogue. If you can get your kids in a co-op or have a couple kids, maybe there's some families in your church and you have your kids going to a Christian school and you know they're not reading mm-hmm. this kind of book or they're not ever going to do logic together. And you get together with a couple moms and you go, you know what? I was listening to this podcast and I really think that my kids need help in learning logic. Do you want to read a book with our kids together? That's Maybe there's idea. three or four kids. You have them read the books. You have them get together. You give them muffins or cookies. And then one every other week, a different mom is going to moderate it, right? You, you guys realize you're literally helping your kids pave new ways for your, for their brains to think forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's not knowledge that matters. It's the ability to think and process information points in a way mm-hmm. that is logical 
and defends them against being swayed to something that's not true. And that, you know, that important aspect of parents being involved in this proactively and teaching kids logical thinking, I'm just, this hits me hard, is that all of these things come back to the truth yeah. and the word of God. And obviously, if you're a believer, you know the word probably better than your eight-year-old or your 11-year-old, right? I, I would hope so. And as you're moderating a conversation with them and a few friends, you can say, hey, that's just like this scripture. Mm -hmm. And you dig into it with them and you show them how it's a biblical concept to actually discern, right? And you encourage them, oh, that was really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they get into high school, there are other logic curriculums that teach more what you were talking about, where it's mm -hmm. the if, then. Um, and that's actually the very first stages of even learning programming. A lot of coding mm -hmm. and programming comes from um, this, these it's really code breaking in a sense. Um, but these are huge curriculums. You can find them online. Um, maybe we'll put a link in the podcast. And them. by the way, once you teach them this, you can take current events, mm -hmm. one situation and go, well, what do we think about this? What do you think about this? And then have them decipher it from an if then statement equation. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, they're saying this happened. Well, what else do we know around that and happening in the world? Okay, well, if that's true, then this can't be true. But there's more evidence that this is true over here. So therefore, that's not true. Right. So for example, I'll use something that is controversial right now. A lot of people have said for a long time that it's a conspiracy theory to even talk about a great reset. Mm -hmm. Okay. That word, when people hear that word, they're like, oh, they're those people. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reality is I even thought that way. For, I did. I thought that way at first. But then as soon as world leaders started talking about it on the news without blinking an eye, like Prime Minister of Canada, Prime Minister of Australia, and they're mm -hmm. talking about this and even putting a date on it and saying 2030, then you look at the the news even in America and how they're like, oh, this isn't true and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff is going on and you know you can't really trust it. Mm-hmm. What do you do if these world leaders are all congruently saying one thing and then it's all being censored here? Obviously, there's something not right. Yeah. So you you have to be able to look at the whole picture. I think that's also part of something that we need to teach our kids to look past their own personal experiences and look more abroad worldwide. Yeah. How can you get objective when you're emotional about something? It's hard. Yeah. And that takes discipline too. And so that is something to teach. Like when your mm -hmm. kids are in an argument, mm -hmm. um, it's like get the emotions down and go, well, let's think through this and mm -hmm. let's walk through step by step what happened uh, without you continuing to think about how you're wronged. Mm -hmm. Let's just walk through this for a second. Mm -hmm. And because you're trying to discover too what's mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. And I think that what we're seeing, even with um, extremist groups, right, that become violent, for example, um, they haven't necessarily been raised in homes where they were taught self-control, right? Because mm -hmm. there wasn't a truth or an absolute that was being taught from, for them. Oh, how to um, handle conflict. A, you know, we should do a whole episode on how to handle I mean, conflict. But. I, I just wonder if you were to like look at their his, those, those specific individuals that are looting and killing and vandalizing, mm -hmm. right? Like what are their backgrounds? Yeah. Were they taught conflict resolution? Were they taught self-control over their emotions? Were they taught these things? And if they're right. not, interesting how if the minute they're offended, that's what happens. Another thing I think is that helps kids brains is chess 
chess is a strategic game. You have mm-hmm. to, the more moves ahead you think, the better. And literally, um, there was another study done, and it's not just all about success in the world. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong here. But it is about how the mind works. The further a leader or person can see ahead, the more successful they are in our society. And you're not necessarily talking about like prophetically seeing ahead no. because we're a Christian podcast. We want to be really clear no. with you guys. That's not what it's, we're talking there's about. There's certain here. people that are like, yeah, I'm paying attention to what I'm doing this week and it doesn't mm-hmm. go much further than that. I'm paying attention to what I'm doing this month and I don't really think or plan ahead of that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what I'm doing this year and beyond that, who mm-hmm. knows? I do have some thoughts about the next five years and a lot of people don't. And then, 10 years, I'd like to see this and other people don't. The further out someone has vision is a better way to say it Mm -hmm. and can see things Mm -hmm. for for their life, the more successful they are. There was a Mm -hmm. study done. Um, It's really chess also is strategic. The further ahead you can see. So when you're solving problems or in a situation, you need to be able to think ahead about possibly could A happen, possibly could B happen, C, D, Mm -hmm. different situations. Mm -hmm. And my decisions I make now Mm could trigger these things differently. Right. So what is the wisest choice to make based on all mm-hmm. these possible scenarios? That's what chess te- teaches. So I put a bounty on it uh, where they get 20. In our family, where yeah. Where they get 20 bucks with the dad. first time they beat dad. And we've only had two winners so far. Out of eight. But they work yeah. at it. They work hard at it. And it's fun to see them play it as well. But it's interesting as you were talking about it, because when it comes to life, we want our kids to make right choices, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the to make good choices, to make... Um, choices that are in the will of the Lord, which is a two-step process. And Isaac and I are talking about today critical thinking, which is part of that, right? Um, and then the other aspect of it is the spiritual side of discernment, obedience mm. to God, following his word, hearing his voice and what he's calling you to in your life, yeah. right? And so I want to read from First John chapter 4. Um, verse one through six, because this is an important scripture for your kids to hear. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, little a. Okay, Mm. which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Who have they overcome? The little a antichrist. Okay, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This is something we need to encourage our kids with because we don't want them to be overwhelmed by what their future is going to hold. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. That's what we're ha- what's mm-hmm. happening with fake news today, right? But we are from God. Whoever knows God's list, God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Mm. And so there, there is guidance, you guys, in the word of God that also equally, at the same time, more so even, We need to teach our kids to rely on the truth, to trust God, to recognize that he's the one that helps us to overcome them. And these principles of having critical thinking is actually also 
inspired by the Bible. It's the the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. You know, when you're playing chess and Isaac's talking about, okay, so what does path A lead me to? Mm-hmm. If I sow this direction, what am I going to reap? Mm-hmm. If I go down path B, what am I going to reap? That's the beautiful aspect of teaching your kids a game like that, that you can also bring the Bible into Amen. it to teach them. This is actually a spiritual law that God gave us that we all we all live by whether we choose to or not because we can't escape it. I want to take a moment and give you something for free if you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. I hope you're seeing, listening to the real equipping that's happening here when you do this with your kids. Mm -hmm. Like this is forever equipping them to handle Mm -hmm. the things that come at them and Mm -hmm. the decision-making that they do and how to receive media and distill it down and what is worthy of my attention and what is not worthy of my attention. Which takes our next topic, which is deep conversations, right? Deep conversations. Mm -hmm. And probably the first, well, first of all, you want to develop a relationship with your kids that allows deep conversations. If you only have shallow conversations with your kids, hey, did you have fun with uh, your friends? Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Is that deep? No. Um, you know what? How was school today? Yeah. Fine. What, what kind of ice cream do you want? You can yeah. have anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a good test of this, you know, some people might think that they have deep conversations with their kids or that they know their kids, Yeah. but you know what? The reality is, is most kids feel like their parents don't actually know them. And that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage you within your marriage relationship to ask one another if you think that there's any kid that you don't really fully know much about them or you don't have time to invest in them. or And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, in a big family, some kids with certain kinds of personalities 
they mm-hmm. can hide. Yeah. And some kids with certain personalities can kind of dominate time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's important to understand what those kids' needs are, but sometimes you have to like help someone to sacrifice a little bit so that the other person can get what they need. Something yeah. I've always done in leadership, and I teach this, I just gave a speech with a big company and I taught this, mm-hmm. which is um, always kind of have a thermometer over your people's head in your, in a way mm-hmm. of understanding where they're at and where your relationship is at with them. Mm-hmm. And great leaders always know it's in the minds and hearts of their people. It's a Maxwell quote, but mm-hmm. um, I've, that quote always stuck with me. I read it mm-hmm. 18 years ago. And it's just like, do I really know what's in the minds and hearts of my kids? Of my kids? Yeah. And you know what? That's a hard thing to tackle. So if you're discouraged while you're listening to this, I think all of us could do better at this. Mm-hmm. I know. This I is could. a constant, never ending mm-hmm. process because they're changing so fast. There's so much going on in the world, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and one day they could be great. And then the next day they, I mean, especially teenagers, and if they are on social media and if they're learning how to discern things, which you guys, I know that a lot of people are so super anti-social media, but the reality is, is your kids are eventually going to be on it. And so you really need to equip them and how to be able to discern and be a critical thinkers and test the spirits like we were just talking about. And so, but the reality is, is that could actually be something that affects them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. If they're on social media and they're being influenced, one day they could be joyful and happy and, and hopeful. And then the next day with what's going on in the world, they could be depressed and sad and scared yeah. that they're not going to, you know what I mean? I don't know what job to choose now and not, you know. And so I just want to encourage you guys that that we have to teach our kids, in addition to critical thinking, to take their thoughts captive. That's something we as parents are always talking about doing for ourselves, but mm-hmm. we have to teach our kids that. I do want to just encourage you with First Peter 1.13. So good. I'm going to let you read that one. Okay, right sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So... We need to prepare our minds for action. We need preparing. What does that look like? Preparing our minds for action. It's action that hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So we're preparing in advance for future action. You get that? And we need to be sober-minded. We need to understand the truth in the Word of God, and we prepare our minds to be ready for those situations. So are you preparing your kids to be ready for whatever situations come right. and they take the right actions? This is an important word because you use the word sober-minded. And when I th- whenever I think of sober-minded, I think of other verses that talk about sober-mindedness that mm-hmm. are like, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, mm-hmm. right? Because um, that, that would be the spirit of pride, right? And, and we all know that humanity struggles with pride. All people struggle with pride off and on, but don't, don't young children who like, for example, if they can't admit that they're wrong or they can't say they're sorry, or they can't see themselves or, or teenagers or young adults even that are struggling with this, if they have received Jesus Christ, then you can talk to them from this perspective of God calls us to be sober minded. That means we have to look at ourselves in light of Christ. And that brings us to a position of humility mm-hmm. when we're when we see that none of our good works are that God did those things through us and that they're like filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord right yeah. and so 
But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because they cannot possibly be ready to test the spirits, to discern, to hear God fully if they're not sober minded. And Mm -hmm. so this is actually one of the fruits Mm -hmm. that we need to look for in our kids um, as they're accepting Jesus, as they're getting saved, as they're owning their faith. This Mm -hmm. should be a fruit we see. And if it's not, then we need to keep working with our kids. We, I mean, we always need to work with our kids, but I would question if there's true salvation mm-hmm. there. And so, I, so I'm saying that because it's super important. Super important. More on deep conversations, the practical mm-hmm. of how to actually have deep conversations. Mm-hmm. It's that you have to ask questions in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, when you ask a question, you have to make sure you have enough time to actually receive the answer and or make mm-hmm. sure you spend the time. Because sometimes you never feel like you have time, but you need to do this. And I I have an encouragement for families that have, you know, more than three kids too. I would say, or if you have little kids and you have older Mm -hmm. kids, I think it's important that both you and your husband take time to have one-on-one time away from the the home with each kid. And I know that that may be like, whoa, okay. I mean, you guys were pregnant with our ninth. I get it. But just today, I mean, I planned this two days Mm -hmm. ago with our oldest and I said, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to have a meal together somewhere yeah. else so that we can have undivided conversation, right? Yeah. Time where there's no distractions or interruptions. However, if they make you wear a mask, I wouldn't. I would just walk <laughs> I would walk around the neighborhood. I'd rather walk in the cold in the neighborhood than sit in a restaurant with a mask on. Okay, honey. So <laughs> but deep conversations are 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 really really important. They are so important and you have to ask questions correctly. Don't ask a question in a way where someone can say yes or no to it. Mm-hmm. Well, think about that for a second. You might ask a lot of questions where people can just say yes or no. Yes, mom. Right? And if they if they give you a short answer, then you ask another question deep. You've heard me say this before, right? Three questions deep. You teach super, more in depth on that super, in the parenting super, program. Super important. Yeah. You've, you've got to – so that you ask, so how was school or whatever, the party or whatever they were at? Oh, it was good, mom. It's good, dad. Oh, cool. Did you see so-and-so? Yeah. How are they doing? What did you guys do? What did you talk about? Was that, were there any mm-hmm. challenges? What was the best part of the party? Mm-hmm. How did you feel uh, being there? Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're getting into something deeper, maybe. And you know what? They all People give all the surface positive mm-hmm. things, but it's that third or fourth time you ask about something that the deep thing comes out. Well, mm-hmm. actually, I felt really slighted because Johnny, who I usually hang out with, he just didn't want to hang out with me. He hung out with these other boys and I don't know if he thought they were cooler or what, Yeah, you know, all this stuff comes out. But a lot of times kids have to, you know, they might be feeling something inside and not actually be critically thinking themselves about why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And so when you're doing that with your kids, you're actually helping them to learn how to process those things. Because if they were offended, then what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. You follow Matthew 18 and you teach them to go to their friend that they have been offended by and confront them. So, and so it's, yeah. it becomes a bigger learning experience yeah. is the point. And, and you always can go back to the word of God because there's the Bible speaks to every aspect of life, but back on the d- deep conversation. So what this does is now you can discuss problems. Mm-hmm. I find discussing problems, a great way to have a deep conversation, test their critical mm-hmm. thinking and what's going on. Mm-hmm. So what's a problem might be relational conflict. So mm-hmm. talk those things out. Anytime there's relational conflict, you need to talk that problem out and get them thinking about it. A lot of times their instant thought of how they should react to it is not the best. And you can teach them 
to do that. But I don't just tell them. I ask them questions. Well, do you mm-hmm. think that's the best way or what what other way could you handle that? Oh, now they're thinking of it versus me preaching at them. Mm-hmm. See, strong people don't like people just preaching at them, just giving them the answer. Mm-hmm. If you want to build a deep conversation, open relationship, good relationship with your kid, you're going to challenge them to think because when they come up with it, they own it. And you want your kids to own the solutions versus just have you tee them all up and then may, they may or may not own them in their life. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And so you really have to talk about that. How about discussing world problems, discussing challenges going on? You know, how would you solve that? Hey, if you were in that leader's shoes, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, asking questions, drawing things out. There's, this is really, it's probably one of the better things I've done in a long time to, in this regard. We were heading to church and mm-hmm. I, there was about 10 information points, um, about what's going on in the world. This is post January 6th, you know, when mm-hmm. the, in the United States, both uh, Biden and Trump ha- were having some difficulties <laughs> in transition That's of power. That's one way to put it. Depending yeah. on when you're listening to this. So time and history here. Mm-hmm. And, and I just uh, looked at 10 information points happening in the world, not just the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, guys, I want you to listen to these information points. And then I, and when I'm done, I want you to connect all these in, in one story as if they all were connected. Okay. And I don't know if they are at all, but this will be a fun exercise. Mm-hmm. And then I shared something about Italy. I shared something about Pakistan. I shared something, many things about the U S going on mm-hmm. and seemingly very different things. And they might be. Um, and I said, make a story and they took stabs at it. It was so much fun. And not only that, but the kids were all like listening to one another and then going, Oh yeah. And what if, and they were adding to it. Right. So they were like challenging each other to think more, which was exciting because you want your kids to be able to speak into each other's lives because they're going to need each other in their generation. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's an element of teaching your kids to have mutual respect for each other's ideas as well. And being able to challenge one another in critical thinking. And that doesn't happen if you're not doing it. So it starts with the parents first and it trickles down. It becomes yeah. part of your family culture. And then I and then I reeled off the ten information points in the mm-hmm. way I would write the movie, and uh, and you know some of it actually some was of it, exposed as some that's of it, what happened. Some of it happened yeah. just days later, actually, yeah. Yeah. and it, it it was super fun. But you have to be a thinker yourself to be able to come up mm-hmm. with something like that. You know, it's just because I'm paying attention to what's going on. I I think critically. Angie thinks critically. Mm-hmm. And so then we can lead our kids to think critically. And if you're not working that muscle yourself, you need to have deep conversations within your marriage about what's Mm -hmm. going on in the world. Um, I don't think it should just be one of you that's Mm -hmm. uh, leading the conversation. Obviously, you know, I am leading a lot of conversations, but Angie's leading conversations too with politics and all kinds of Mm -hmm. things. And I just think it's super healthy and it's super good for a marriage. And I would encourage you to have deep conversations Mm -hmm. with each other and then encourage those deep conversations with your kids. Mm -hmm. You want the kind of relationship where they go, wow, I love talking to my mom. We talk about all kinds of things. I feel so comfortable talking to her about anything. Mm -hmm. She's always receptive and always listens, and she really challenges me to grow. And I'm a better thinker. I'm a better citizen. I'm a better human being. I'm a better believer because I talk to my mom. Or dad. You want the same thing. Yeah. And so I I think there's an aspect, too, of critical thinking that people need to be aware of. So a lot has gone on in the last couple months, and there's emotions flying high. And a lot of people are overwhelmed, concerned, don't know what to think, don't know how to respond. 
all these things, right? Yeah. And so I get a lot of people going, how do you how do you come across, you seem so cool and calm about things. And how can you handle all of this information that's coming in? And you know what? It's not that it doesn't get to me. There was one day this last week where um, it did start to get to me. And so the minute that I sensed that, I pulled the plug on what I was doing and I just spent more time in the word, got that worship music blasting and realized like this, no, my kids need me to show confidence, to be joyful, to Mm -hmm. not let this phase me. And, and this is the reality is critical. When you're critically thinking, it removes emotion. Okay. You're thinking with your mind, with facts, with things that you know, Mm -hmm. and when there are not a lot of facts, which is what's happening right now, people can struggle to be critically thinking. And that's when we need to stop thinking, actually suspend thinking and just pray. It's, and I, I, and the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of people could assume that, oh, we're talking about critical thinking and we always need to be thinking. We always need to be testing Mm. and evaluating. You actually need to take action in planning time of rest. You need to take action in planning time for your brain to just, not be critically thinking and to trust God and to be in his word. So here's a perfect scripture on this uh, part one of a two part series that we're doing here, uh, which is Hebrews four, 11 through 13. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience for the word of God is living and active. Have you taught your kids that, that this thing Mm -hmm. is alive and it's active, mm-hmm. and it'll speak to you, just you, and the way you need to receive it mm-hmm. and take you to the places you need to be in it. It's live, it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. If your kids like swords, your boys like swords, man, this is a sword, sword mm-hmm. of the spirit, mm-hmm. piercing to the division of soul and of the spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Mm -hmm. So let's be in the word. God will help you Mm -hmm. uh, do this and pray. Ask for God to give you those divine appointments with your kids, to have you uh, come up with the right questions, scenarios, um, to really help them become critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. In the next part, we'll be going over the the other four points to this two-part series. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.